but essentially on the lighting side, what has been done is uh, it's called tunable lighting or circadian lighting um, that basically follows the natural rhythm of the sun um, to be able to mimic and have more flow with your cycle uh, or the rhythm, rhythmic um, flow of your state. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have better sleep quality, things of that nature. And when it comes to, you know, guest experience and just for lighting, for instance, you know, that could help uh, minimize jet lag, which I know is a huge thing for travelers. Uh, a lot of people that are doing Airbnb, even in hotels as well, um, uh, traveling, trying to reduce that jet lag is, is huge uh, and being able to re- really recover quickly, right? Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live. Let Thrive. So, Micah, man. What up? What up? What episode we on, Stevie Stacks? Nine to the full. 94. Dang, we six from 100, man. We've been rolling two strong years, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, huh? Crazy. 94. And we got a special guest today for episode 94. Yeah, we got Mr. Michael Brown from the 3P Theory Podcast. Give it up for Mike. Golf clap. Oh, man. <laughs> What's up, Mike? How you doing? How you guys doing? Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for hopping on. And yeah, um, yeah we're excited about this show. You're a, a share economy expert, I hear. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would say that for the most part. <laughs> uh, Mike and I have gone back for, you know, a couple months now. Uh, we, you know, kind of chatted offline on a couple of things, but uh, definitely learning learning a lot um, and just glad to be a part of the conversation. That's yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Because, yeah, I met Mike actually at um, a Dallas Airbnb meetup, and uh, he told me what he does. Um, and, yeah, could you, like, kind of just really tell the uh, – Listeners, how you got involved in the share economy and what you were doing? Because I know you were talking about task, rabbit, all types of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, man, where do I begin? <laughs> uh, I've actually been here in Dallas for about seven uh, seven years, from the uh, Galveston, Houston area. And my background is actually in engineering. So I graduated from Texas a and University, um, you know, did the traditional route where, you know, you start in the corporate realm and things of that nature. I'm still in, in, in the corporate realm. Uh, worked for a couple of years uh, as an engineer working on uh, uh, building projects on so new construction uh, and energy efficiency and things of that nature. So looking for ways to really add value to you know, those projects from a, um, uh, an efficiency standpoint. So that could be, you know, HVAC, it could be lighting, it could be uh, service hot water, things of that nature. Uh, and so in that journey, you know, like most people, after they get out for a while, uh, for a couple of years, and... You know, for me, I started to get, you know, a little a little bored, to be honest. You know, even though I was involved in these, you know, other activities, extracurricular organizations, things of that nature. Um, but then also kind of what brought this about is, um, you know, just getting out of that cycle of living from paycheck to paycheck, right? You know, you hear a lot of that conversation nowadays, especially with, um, you know, a lot of the student loan debt, so on and so forth. Um, and so really, I was just uh, tired of being broke, to be honest. Uh, like they say, sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so in, in that journey, you know, I, I started to find ways that I could really think outside the box. Uh, you know, I was already earning a pretty great income where I was uh, in the corporate realm, but trying to figure out how I could expand upon that uh, and find ways to really 
you know, bring in extra revenue so then I could kind of create what I really wanted to in the future, uh, kind of have that financial freedom. Uh, and so with that, started doing some research, found out about TaskRabbit. Um, for those of you all don't know, TaskRabbit is essentially a, a platform that's, I, in my in my words, I would say everything but Uber. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can essentially hire people to do different tasks, whether that be TV mounting, cleaning, things of that nature. Uh, people set their own rates. Uh, we'll probably get into the, the, the details later, but just really getting into that and really just uh, grinding it out in the evening sometimes after work. Um, you know, I'd get off, you know, five or six o'clock. I may be working until 10 o'clock at night and ma mainly on weekends as well. So uh, really doing that, I'm probably not doing as much anymore. Um, just kind of uh, focused on weekends, but uh, really just creating an opportunity for me to be able to build up some capital because uh, eventually I do also want to get into real estate. Um, and so uh, doing that, you know, chopping out student loan debt, uh, I will say that by the end of this year, I will be debt free. No student loans, no car loans, none of that. So, I have a question. How did you do that? Like as far as getting debt free, and then how, how did you do that? Yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, in addition to the TaskRabbit, uh, I also did tutoring on the side. So I, I initially started out with the tutoring company, kind of doing that part-time, and then I kind of branched out on my own. Um, and so really just started with, you, you know, just to kind of really take a step back to, you know, with, with the whole being broke and, and things of that nature, I think a lot of that stems around kind of three three main things. It's either, you know, not making enough money, um, or you're spending too much, or just money management. And I, I think th those three things, you know, could happen in combination for a lot of people. And for me, it was, it was all of those things. And so trying to, trying to find a way that I could, you know, increase my income in a way that also allowed me to have flexibility as well. Because initially... The first, uh, you know, two years, you know, out of college, I also worked on the weekends and a restaurant to just make some extra income. But as you know, you got to stick to that schedules, all that kind of stuff. So TaskRabbit really allowed me to have that flexibility. I can create my own hours, uh, set my own rates, uh, things of that nature, and really kind of have, and, I, and with my entrepreneurial spirit in general, uh, have that opportunity to create a kind of my own little small business, if you will. Um, and I look up three years later. You know, after just eating away at that debt, eating away at that debt, things of that nature. And not to say that it was all work and no play, because, you know, work, in my, my, in my saying, I would say you work hard, you play hard, uh, and it allows you to really um, have the freedom that you want to have and, and that balance, if you will. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, say, you know, how do you, how do, you do all that and things of that nature and have a full-time job? Um, you know, it really all stems to, to the vision I have for, for where I want to be in the future. Um and that's kind of how the podcast was, was brought about as well, just being, being able to become more of a thought leader in my industry uh, and, and grow. So, Now, are you a, a Dave Ramsey fan, Mike? <laughs> I am, and, and it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I, uh, I actually went through the course, uh, man, I think it was like two years ago. Um, it, and it was um, at one community church in Plano. And uh, we actually took that course, I think it was a couple of weeks, um, and that kind of really helped re-kickstart my motivation and drive for just trying to eat away at the dead and just you know, get it out of the way. Because before I was just kind of playing around with it, I was like, oh, I'll throw a little bit here, a little bit there, and then I'll go and backtrack and, and spend, some, spend a lot of money on something expensive I have no business buying. Um, but, but yeah, it really just allowed me to have more focus, more traction, 
Uh, and then also another piece is surrounding yourself uh, with like-minded individuals, right? Uh, so, you know, they always say you're the, the average sum of the five people you hang around with. Uh, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, I think being around people that are kind of on that same path uh, really helps build that momentum and uh, you can really scale some of your efforts. So you're going to jump on his show and say, I am debt free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait, man. Free man, screen. that's what's up, man. I'm, I'm still working on them student loans. I got a plan, but I'm working on them. <laughs> Real that's quick, um, did you use an, an app like Mint or something like that to help track your um, yeah, your financials? Uh, not Mint. Uh, there was another one. Uh, it's actually endorsed by Dave Ramsey. I don't remember the name of it. Every now, Dollar or something like yeah, that. There we go. Yeah. Every Dollar. Yeah, I almost said uh, Simple Dollar. But yeah, Every Dollar. Um, I have heard of Mint before, but it's, it's a very similar platform. It allows you to really track you know, where you're spending the most money. And for me, which I'm, I'm sure most people out there that love to eat, uh, it was eating out. So eating out, whether that's for lunch, dinner, things of that nature. Uh, so start to scale back on that and look at, and, and look at that. Uh, there's actually some other tools as well, but probably not as much of an impact. Uh, Bill Shark is another one to help really maximize, you know, different subscriptions that you may already be paying and try to uh, save dollars on that aspect. Uh, and that, I think I saved over a grand um, in the first year from what they were able to do. And that's after paying them for those services. Um, so so things like that. What is that, um, Go Shark? Uh, Bill Shark. Bill Shark, Okay. So what they do is, you know, you send them some of your information, you know, what bills you have. So they do cell phone, electricity, uh, security, a couple other services. And if you um, if you sign up with them, I think they take, I think it's 20 or 30 percent of your savings um, for the for the whole term. So say if you're paying, you know, you got Time Warner right now and you're paying, you know, so much a month and they're able to, you know, get it down, you know, ten dollars less or even twenty dollars less per month without changing anything in your service, not adding more channels, not giving you extra stuff you don't need. Um, so uh, they can really work with you. And, and really, for me, it's just a time saver because as we all know, we can do that exact, exact same thing ourselves, but we're going to be on the phone wasting time and it's, it's just not worth it. So I'll leave it up to the pros to take care of that and uh, they do a really good job. And, and how much they charge a month for that? Uh, it's not a monthly. So It's just a percentage. Yeah, it's just a percentage of your savings. So say if, you know, I was going to save $1,000 that, that that whole year from what they did, then they take 20% of that up front. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Not bad and then the um, <laughs> they do electric bills too, right? Yeah, electricity as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, What's that's this cool. called? Uh, Bill Shark. Bill Shark. All right. I think I saw uh, a commercial about it the other day on TV. Yeah, I think I'm about to switch over to Bill Shark. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's dive in real quick um, on the task rabbit thing. It's it's, a, it's a, an app where you know people do you know, odd jobs or whatever. And, you know, there's many num- any number of jobs for for whatever price that they put out there. What exactly? I mean, you apparently used it to make some money. How, what what kind of things were you doing? Oh man, at the beginning, I felt like I was doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, you know, they do have a list of you know services. So anything from TV mounting, uh, you can do cleaning. Uh, lawn work, hauling stuff, uh, moving. Uh, it's a real big one in the summertime. You know, people graduating from college, they're moving into their new apartment, all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, man. Uh, there's uh, handyman work. So anytime, you know, appliances break, stuff like that. Uh, so I've, I've done it all, literally. 
Um, and initially, you know, now thinking back on it, it's like, how did I know how to do all that stuff? And um, initially, I didn't. So, you know, there's the the YouTube University out there. <laughs> there's a, you know, a lot of uh, resources uh, online to help you know learn how to do certain things. Uh, even when it gets down to carpentry and all that kind of stuff as well, because I've helped people build fences. You know, I would say probably my top three are furniture assembly, uh, TV mounting, uh, and probably the handyman stuff. So um, nice. You, you used how to do the stuff you didn't know how to do. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Today, I love that, though. That's, that's a true hustle right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I say, like, jump, jump out of an airplane and learn how to build a parachute on the way down kind of thing. For real? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, you, so have you, because I've been using a lot of, well, uh, I haven't used TaskRabbit. I've been using Thumbtack. Um, have, you, have you ever done, like, favors? I've been using favor as of lately. Yeah, yeah. So I actually started out doing favor. Um, and so I, I did that for maybe about six months. Um, and I guess, oh, man, it was maybe about a year or two ago that it re- start, started to get really, really popular and people started to come on the platform and actually be uh, runners, is what they call them. Um, and the market just got so saturated. So, you know, I went from making, you know, doing – you know, two or three, maybe even four sometimes um, errands within an hour or an hour and a half down to like maybe one or two. Uh, and really from that, where you make your money is from tips, uh, the way I, I feel. Because uh, once you kept factoring in gas and all that kind of stuff, you, you really just, you know, you're just, you're just out there kind of sitting around like the, the, the taxi cabs, right, to wait for some of the, the, to bing, uh so you can uh, go get, go uh, run an errand. But, um yeah, because at, at one point, you know, man, I, I, I was doing it, and I was like, you know what, I'm about to double dip, and I was over here waiting on the next the next errand to come in. I was over here, you know, writing up some notes for so for this other thing while I'm in the car, just sitting there chilling, and I was like, okay, the next one came through, but um, but yeah, I wanted to get something that was more consistent, uh, more guaranteed, because I feel like the task job is more guaranteed in a way, um, and if you go in there, you'll, you'll see all the different providers and everything, but uh, favorite just got to be really saturated, to be honest. Um, they did have some pretty good enhancements towards the end, uh, just on the on the user side. But um, yeah, favorite is pretty unique. You know, that's only in Texas, right? Yeah. See, yeah. this is the thing about it because you're telling me it's saturated. So during like all weekends, I can always get a favor like that, right? During the week, though, like when I really need somebody. Cause I had to get a, get a key picked up and on uh, from a, one of my Airbnbs, and uh, he delivered it for me. But during the week, man, it seems like you will wait 15, 20 minutes. So somebody might want to hop on favor. You might make the money. Like I think it's during those like eight to five hours during the week. Ain't nobody on there. Yeah, everybody's working. Yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't get nobody to do what I need to do. And I'm like, dang, if I I was like, man, if I ever take off work again, man, I might have to hop on favor. <laughs> that's cool uh and so how are you uh, micah t- told me something about you helping people um make people's ah, helping people make their airbnbs more efficient or green how, how are you how are you doing that oh man yeah we uh we actually had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago um so kind of in i guess in the research that i do for some of the projects i work on we uh evaluate uh, especially on the multifamily projects or hotels, uh, ways to um, enhance the occupant experience, right? 
so that could be through aesthetics, things of that nature. Um, but on the energy efficiency side, we're starting to weave in uh, wellness into that conversation as it relates to the things that impact your health uh, based on the built, built environment, right? So, you know, what type, what, what's, how, how, is the, how, the, how is the actual space impacting you? So whether that be from the lighting, air quality, and things of that nature. And so where I think it can really come into play on the Airbnb side is um, kind of finding ways to not only measure that, uh, but also be able to show how it impacts those uh, occupants. Um, so, you know, one of the concepts um, for, for lighting, um, for instance, uh, it's called circadian lighting rhythm. Um, and so we all have this natural rhythm or cycle, um, you know, all animals do. And so where we kind of have this rhythm um, naturally, you know, as the sun comes up, you get that natural daylight, it wakes you up in the morning, start to decrease that melatonin production, so on and so forth, and as you go throughout the day, um, you know, even, you know, after you have that heavy lunch, or even if you don't have a heavy, heavy lunch, you know, that lull that you get around 2 p.m., that's all natural. Um, and then once we start to come into the evening, what's kind of unnatural is, you know, we have all this artificial light, um, and it's a certain spectrum of light um, that's not necessarily beneficial to you when you actually need to start to calm down or dial down for the day or for the evening. Um, and that's your more uh, warm tones. Um, so it almost looks like an amber kind of color. Um, and so with that, we're kind of counteracting and going against our own natural rhythm or cycle. And so that's why you hear about a lot of people having uh, sleep issues and things of that nature, uh, especially when it, when it comes to uh, the blue light that comes on your cell phone, uh, things of that nature. And there's been a couple of apps that's been created to help reduce that. Um, but essentially, on the lighting side, what has been done is uh, it's called tunable lighting or circadian lighting um, that basically follows the natural rhythm of the sun um, to be able to mimic and have more flow with your cycle uh, or the rhythm, rhythmic um, flow of your state. Mm -hmm. um, so you have better sleep quality, things of that nature. And when it comes to, you know, guest experience and just for lighting, for instance, you know, that could help uh, minimize jet lag which I know is a huge thing for travelers. Uh, a lot of people that are doing Airbnb, even in hotels as well, um, uh, traveling, trying to reduce that jet lag is, is huge uh, and being able to re really recover quickly, right? Um, the same thing could be said about air quality. Um, so air, air quality does impact all of our health um, in so, some ways uh, more strongly than others, especially when it comes to people that may have uh, more sensitivity to um, uh, allergens, uh, asthma and things of that nature, uh, those people, you know, can benefit hugely from some of the indoor air quality uh, strategies. So whether that be more filtration um, and things of that nature outside of your typical, you know, MER filters that they put in and things of that nature that people don't usually, you know, switch out when they, when they should <laughs> and mm -hmm. they get dirty. Um, but all that has impact on your health. So uh, some of it's more readily uh, seen and some of it's more long term. So uh, if you're able to implement those strategies in the actual space, uh, then that'll allow you to have better outcomes for people that live in that space. That's cool, man, because that, that makes me think automatically. Like sometimes you walk into like a, a nice hotel or something in the lobby and it just and it just feels good. You don't know why, but I'm sure they have their researchers on it to make it just give that awesome welcome feeling. You know, and the perfect lighting and what, however they furnish it and the smell and all that stuff. And I, I, I never even thought about it until now that you told me that. But I'm sure they got they pay people big bucks to get that to get that feeling for people. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. 
um, there's actually so uh, I believe I believe it's Marriott. They're already they've already started to kind of create this model uh, in a select uh, number of their hotels and rooms. Uh, it's called Staywell. Um, and so not only about you know the lighting, air quality, things of nature, also water quality. So you know going beyond the Brita filters and things of nature, where you have more filtration on your water that you're not only using to consume. Um, but also the water that you use to, you know, make your coffee with and even bathe and shower with as well. Um, so, you know, some of those harmful chemicals. And a, a lot of times people don't, you know, necessarily look into, you know, some of the, the impacts that that may have. But at, at its very basic level, um, you know, the water quality that's more or less approved by the city uh is really the bare minimum and there's still a lot of thresholds in terms of contaminants and things of nature that exist in that water uh that they just don't they just don't take care of so uh it just allows you to have that extra level of filtration uh and you know it, i wouldn't say that you would you would immediately feel it but i think over time after you know experiencing that especially people that have homes and things of that nature uh, that'll be something that they can start to see how that starts to impact their day so being able, being able to feel more rested, feel more energized, and that goes a long way, right, in terms of how people are actually be able, being able to, to be productive and live productive lives. That makes sense because um, my wife likes to sleep with a nightlight. I don't like, I don't like any light. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And, um, and, and I remember back in the day, I used to work midnight shifts, and, and I, I blacked out my room, my bedroom. And I just, you know, I didn't let, like, one shred of light get through. I, I blacked out all the windows. The ba- even the bathroom door, I put, like, a towel underneath and a, <laughs> and a towel under the main door when I closed it. And I just had the fan going. I knocked the heck out. I got the best sleep in my life. I mean, but but if I was in there during the day, it would screw me up because then I would think it's nighttime and I would pass out again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, this is this is really cool. I mean, I know. People people talk about a lot of things about you know doing doing stuff for your Airbnb guests and what kind of sofa, what kind of this and that and towels, but I mean no one talks about you know the lighting. That's huge. The lighting and the and the smell and the and the, the quality, the water quality. I mean, wow, this is like next level stuff. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about putting some plants in mine, like oxygen things like that. They say you should have a plant in like your corner of your office, and I was thinking to do that too. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, there's. There's definitely, uh, you know, a lot of research based on that in terms of being able to reduce, uh, you know, pollutants in the air. And there are certain types of plants that, you know, take certain types of pollutants out of the air. So, yeah, you can you can do it up. You can definitely do it up. Um, but, yeah. Now, what about, like, uh, cannabis sativa? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do something for you, too. But <laughs> <laughs> it would improve the guest experience. Is, I just I'm wondering. <laughs> Be a little a little add on at the end of the uh, <laughs> with a little check mark if you want that. <laughs> so, so how so how are you helping people? I mean, like, uh, where can they go and, and and if they want like something like this, something to help their their Airbnbs out? Yeah, um, there's a couple of resources uh, online. So Staywell actually has a product line. Um, Stable where they sell the Staywell. Oh, Staywell. Okay. They actually have a product line. Um, there are some other ones that you can get. Um, in terms of air cleaning devices and purification devices and so on and so forth. Um, on the lighting side, it's a little bit more challenging because, you know, while we do have, 
you know, the controllable lighting and the colored lighting and things of that nature, uh, you know, with Alexa and some of the Philips Hue and all that, is not quite the same. Um, you know, while you can change the color of the light, that's not necessarily the piece that actually does it. It's actually the um, it's actually the the frequency of the lighting. Um, so, but um, there's there's variations of that and. Uh, I would I would also recommend if people are going to be implementing something like that, is they find a way to actually monitor um, those levels. So one of the things that I, I've done, and I haven't actually implemented the air cleaning uh, in my place yet, uh, but I've been trying to do a study over the past couple of months, uh, just tracking indoor air quality uh, in my space and seeing how it varies over time. So um, it's actually called um, AWARE, so A-I-R-W-A-R-E. And so what it does is it tracks, um, you know, chemical concentrations, humidity, temperature, CO2. Um, and um, you can actually see the trend data throughout the day. It does it in like 15 minute increments uh, and see how those levels change throughout the day. And so it's pretty spot on. So it's like, you know, in the morning when I get up, take a shower, blah, blah, blah you can see that humidity level spikes, so on and so forth. And it tapers off in the day. Same thing with CO2. Um, uh, and then you can see temperature levels and things of that nature because one of the things that really impacts indoor air quality, especially for uh, some of the older uh, types of buildings and things of that nature, is adequate ventilation. And typically that's through uh, the mechanical system or the HVAC system uh, or if people open the windows. But if you're in Texas, it's hot in the summertime, more than likely you may not be doing that. But um, I guess I'll have you, you guys you know, maybe answer the question. What, what do you think was the the best time of the year that I had the best air, air indoor air quality? Huh. Maybe even this. Yeah. The best time of year. Mm-hmm. I know it ain't the summer because I mean, people ain't cleaning out the uh, ain't replacing them uh, filters up there. I know I haven't. Uh, well, uh, I would probably say the winter. Well, you got the heat. So I would say the winter. Yeah, I would. Um, I wouldn't say the spring because that's when all the plants are having sex outside, right? So get all that stuff caught in the in the filters. Um, <laughs> I would go with the winter also. <laughs> okay, that that's that's initially what I would have thought as well. To be honest, uh, it's actually when it's hottest outside, and I'll tell you why. So typically, and obviously more advanced. So I, so I think my apartment was probably built in the early to mid nineties, uh, but definitely with some of the newer apartment complexes built in the late two uh, thousands. Uh, have you know more sophisticated technology and sensoring, but uh, typically what's done is when the mechanical system or HVAC system runs, it brings in fresh air, right? So when the system is not running, it's not bringing in fresh air, and that is the primary way to really dilute the space so that you have quote unquote better air quality in the space. So in the summertime, the HVAC system is on more often, right? So it's cycling more often, it's bringing in more fresh air. As opposed, to, as opposed to those colder months of the what they call the shoulder months where you kind of don't need AC at all, um, it's running the least. So you're not getting those air changes and, and fresh uh, cycled air through the space. So the air becomes stagnant, CO2 builds up, so on and so forth. Uh, and I saw that pretty pretty uh, starkly during the, the, you know, the past winter that we had. And, and again, it does depend on the person because you can be the type of person that, you know, never opens your windows or you can be the type of person that has their windows open most of the time, right? Uh, that does kind of have a little bit of an impact on it. Um, but it was pretty, it's pretty interesting uh, in terms of those findings. So, that, that is interesting. 
Well, one thing that I think would um, help our, our listeners would be like, and we get this question a lot, and we see it on the forums and stuff. Sometimes they have guests that do, you know, smoke weed while they're there or smoke cigarettes while they're there. They ain't supposed to, but they mm-hmm. do. And then they got a turnover, and then they got, you know, next guest coming through real quick. And so um, what can they do to help their house, you know, recover from that faster? Yeah, no, that's, that's actually a really good question. Um, so that air purification system, um, is, you can almost think of it as the uh, ionization. I don't want to say ionic breeze because it's, it's not that. Um, I think they actually went bankrupt, if I'm not mistaken. Because <laughs> um, basically their technology produced ozone, and ozone is bad for you. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was cleaning the air, but it was killing, them, you know, it was slowly killing the people. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but with the, the newer technology, it's called bipolar ionization. Essentially what it does um, is it takes uh, the natural ions that are found in nature and it distributes those throughout the space to be able to take those uh, bad particles or those bad uh, pollutants out of the airstream. So that includes odors, bacteria, viruses all the things that, you know, your typical filter may not catch. And so I would say on a small scale for a home, I'm, I'm thinking about in a commercial uh, standpoint, uh, on a small scale for a home, you literally could have that whole place cycle through and odorless within like 48 hours pretty easily. Hmm. Um, and they've actually done this. So on the so when you think about commercial buildings, um, well, buildings in general, um, when they move furniture into the space, it's almost like that new car smell uh, that you that you have, so that the upholstery and then the car, you can smell that and it smells good. It's actually horrible for you. Uh, it's it's, car, it's carcinogen. It has carcinogens in it as well. Mm. Uh, but that same kind of it's called uh, volatile organic chemicals or VOCs. Those are found in most furniture. However, some furniture is worse than others, um, and so when they bring all that stuff, all those toxins into the space. Um, those are off-gassed, and people breathe that, and that's bad for you. So what that ionization system does is it allows all that to be taken out of the space, including odors like that uh, and other odors that may be in the space. So when you have people that have uh, pets that come over too, same thing with the pets. Excuse me. Um, so it's, it's a really good system to be able to really kind of do the cleaning incognito so you're not trying to mask the smell with fragrances and things of that nature. Because that's also pretty bad for you. Um, all the potpourri and Febreze stuff, that's, that's it's horrible. It smells good, but it's, but it's horrible. I'm <laughs> on my uh, duvet covers. I used to anyway. Dang, man. My <laughs> bad, past guest. Killing your ass. Man, uh, they would um, those plugins. Man, I'd get we'd get to uh, the, do the turnovers, and and they unplugged most of the plugins. They didn't like that stuff. Mm. Uh, yes. Are those good for you? No. No, so all, all those are all, all they're doing is masking with with another chemical that's that's not necessarily good. But with that ionization system, imagine never having having this this spray or fragrance at all, and to have you know this fresh smell in your space. That's I gotta awesome. tell mahogany that man. Yeah, my hey. growing up, my mom used to spray that big old can of Lysol all over the house. I'd have to leave the house; I couldn't breathe, man. That shit was, that was nasty to me, you know, yeah. but. And I didn't know it was slowly killing me. Yeah, I, I can't take heavy fragrances like that. Like I have to, I have to go out for a minute too. Or like when a <laughs> an older woman gives you a hug and she puts all that perfume on, and you smell like that um, all day. That's that's. Grum- you grumble at church? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like, damn. 
<laughs> I'd feel a little dizzy, you know. <laughs> hey, we, I have a question. What was I about to ask you? I was about to ask you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking about masking smells. So, because you know, secondhand smoke, you know, the smell of it, you know, it's just terrible for you. What is the difference? Like, is there is there health benefits to marijuana, like the scent of marijuana smoke in your Airbnb? Oh, man. I, I think a lot of people would, would want to believe that that is the case. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I, I, would, I would be honestly honest to say I haven't done enough research to really know whether or not that would have, have, a, have a benefit to you. But, um, you know, I have seen a lot of articles that talk about some of the benefits uh, that it has to certain people and things of nature. And, um, you know, I, I'd say test it out. I mean, uh, to be honest. And, but again, like with anything, right, you want to measure, be able to measure some of those impacts, right? Because, like, you know, the, sa- the same thing I mentioned earlier about having a better guest experience, you know, what does that really mean, right? We know we can track that through revenue and so on and so forth, but actually being able to monitor, you know, and, and in some cases in real time, uh, some of those metrics to, to, to be able to make the case. Um, you got you to be able to have that, for sure. I, I'm really interested in this because I wonder how much air quality affects, like, just people's moods to give you a five-star view. You know what I'm saying? The mood while they're in the place. And the reason I ask that is because I've noticed the most complaining guests come during the summertime. Huh. When it's hot. I don't know if it's the heat or if it's the... Because I've actually gauged this. I was like, man, why do we get... But or is it just people? You just have more bookings, more travelers, so you're going to get more complaints. So it's like I don't know how to gauge it. Like a number, maybe a numbers game at that point. Exactly, exactly. I think it's both of those things. Because I, I, ha- I happened to work in a section of work the other day. We didn't have AC, and yeah, I was, I was ready to kill some of my coworkers. Whereas if <laughs> if I work in a place that there's you know nice AC, I, I'm I'm more calm and relaxed. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, you should you should provide reefer to your guests for sure, Micah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he he'll he'll piss you off. Oh no, you working outside <laughs> the heat, you. man? You irritable. <laughs> you don't you ain't trying to hear all that. <laughs> so I I had a friend before, um, an Indian buddy said that he puts like um, charcoal in each room, and and charcoal absorbs odors. Is that true? Yeah, no, that is true. Um, really? So that's that's another that's another form. There's a diff- there's a couple different ways you can do it, but um, carbon filtration is kind of a an an offshoot of that uh, with the charcoal. Uh, so what it does is you know the stones or the the, the, the actual coal or charcoal has um, you know these micro um, I guess pores if you will, uh, kind of almost like basalt or whatever, or sorry pumice like pumice. So all those pollutants get trapped and they kind of get sequestered in that um, in that media and it can't escape as opposed to maybe other system where all it's doing is just flushing it and pushing it around in the space and it's still there as opposed to actually being able to trap it and it's gone it's not coming back out kind of thing um, and, and it really it really works well with some of those smaller particles like the pollen and so on and so forth um, because as we know Everyone is going to go in and put in HEPA filters in their their houses and things of that nature, right? Um, those get pretty expensive. You got to change those out. Um, I think some of the more active systems uh, work more immediately as well, uh, and they can you know last a little bit longer. 
Yeah, those help the helpers, man. I used to, I still load up on the ads. I'm like, filters expensive as hell. Like yeah. for the AC unit? Yeah. But yeah, the HEPA, like the ones for the HEPA purifiers. Uh-huh. Man, my mom used to buy them, and she used to put them all around the house. But, like, man, once it was time to get them filters, you'd be cheaper <laughs> buying damn brand new HEPA thing than the damn <laughs> Man. So, like, let's say um, someone's doing an Airbnb and, you know, I don't know, a like two-bedroom little uh, condo going on. And they don't got a lot of money for all that stuff. What are some, like, quick, you know, maybe some, some little tips that they, you know, it won't cost a lot of money, but it'll go a long way into, like, keeping it, you know, keeping the air quality fresh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, you know, make sure, like, like uh, Michael mentioned, that those filters are clean um, because that's also going to help with airflow, right? So a lot of people don't know is, you know, once they get dirty, that, that restricts airflow, and so you aren't able to cool the space as much, so then you get into a thermal comfort issue. So people complain about it being too hot, so on and so forth. Uh, but also, you know, I think a lot of people may not necessarily think about some of the cleaning products that the cleaners use, things of that nature. Uh, so when we talk about kind of limiting some of those um, those VOCs and some of those things. While it does smell nice, you know, there are tons of alternatives out there now um, that, you know, don't have any scent, that are eco-friendly, things of that nature. Uh, you could put together a cleaning protocol, which, you know, I know every cleaning service is a little different. Some of them may use their own products and so on and so forth. But, you know, maybe that could become, you know, a niche market within cleaning for Airbnb is cleaning, utilizing some of those products that are more eco-friendly, um, that aren't so harsh, right? Because I think, I think maybe, Michael, you mentioned before that you had somebody that said that you, they, they, they said that you must clean with Clorox bleach or something like that before, Possibly, yeah, possibly. So, so yeah, so so things like that. I mean, um, you know, it goes a long way to just be able to use products that don't have harsh chemicals in general, uh, but still keep the place clean, right? Um, so, you know, and if I would say, if people have you know Airbnb portfolio and they want to give it a try with the air cleaning um, bipolarization active system, I would say try it out um, and just under you know just keep track of the results and see how it's actually improving the space. Because um, you know, over time, you are going to save money on some of those cents, incense and all that kind of stuff uh, that you may otherwise. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm interested now. I also, I'm, I'm like I was saying, I'm really interested in seeing people's behavior. You know what I mean? If they're happier, you know, happy guests, five star review. Yeah, <laughs> and they might be a long way. <laughs> <laughs> and you had talked about you, you work on uh, aesthetics of Airbnbs too. How do you do that? Uh, not aesthetics. I, I just mentioned, you know, at least in my role in the corporate in my corporate job, they focus on aesthetics for buildings and things of that nature uh, as it relates to the whole occupant experience. Um, I mean, you know, I can't really speak too much on aesthetics. I mean, I, there's a ton of people out there that have uh, had different schemes and things of that nature on how to set up a space. And, you know, they have these people now that do staging from top to bottom for certain spaces. Um you know, a kind of a rule of thumb, which I, I'm sure you guys already know, and some of your listeners already know, is, you know, to kind of have a similar um, theme or flow throughout the space. Because I've seen a lot of people try to, you know, throw a lot of junk in the space and stuff on the walls that don't really make sense and kind of fill the space off whack. And so when you think about some of the vibes uh, that they could be putting off for the occupants, uh, that could have an impact as well, right? Um, especially when it comes... 
and, and there's been some research done on this as well in terms of uh, visual acuity or visual uh, stimulation uh, for occupants um, and how that impacts your brain waves, whether it be for, you know, thinking more deeply or things of that nature. Um, you know, maybe you have a dedicated space within your space for, for that. Um, not saying you got to have a meditation room, but um, those those could be some aspects you could have as well. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, I definitely notice it when if you see a like a, a picture of a house that they're selling, it's not staged, and then one and then the same house staged well, you're like, wow, that's a badass house. You know, it really, really does something to your mind. Mm-hmm. You selling in the fu- you selling the furniture with this? Yeah, that's that. <laughs> right up. You've had that question asked before, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely sell the furniture. Twenty percent markup. <laughs> Well, that's good for them. They don't got to buy it and move it and go to the store and all that stuff. That's perfect. 20%. That's, that's nothing. So, Mike, have you finally, because I met you at an Airbnb meetup, have you finally hopped on the Airbnb train or are you still, still, still scoping it out? <laughs> oh, man, to be honest, yeah, I'm still, I'm still scoping it out. Um, you know, I think that I may be making some moves in the fall. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a great opportunity. A lot of what you mentioned before about you know the Dallas market being really saturated, um, you know, I've, I've kind of taken that into account and starting to look at some of the other outlying areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, especially for a lot of people, because as we know, when we talk about the share economy and other ways to kind of hack, uh, you know, your nine to five and find different other side hustles, things of nature. I think in the long, in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, real estate in general, especially with Airbnb, does offer the greatest opportunity for you to really scale uh, your time and efforts, right? So that's one of the things that, you know, starting to necessarily get out of TaskRabbit, but at, with that, you're really trading your time for dollars, right? Uh, yeah. As opposed to really trading, you know, time for time or, or money for time and things of that nature. Um, and so I think everybody should be Driving to get to that level where they're not trading their time for dollars, right? So, yeah, yeah see, it's sounds like he, 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 see, he has Dave Ramsey and Robert Kiyosaki all in one. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> see, so he's balanced. He's balanced. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, would you would you go in as a like a co-host at first just to get your feet wet, or would you you gonna try to buy a place first? Uh, I'm gonna try and buy a place first. Okay, all in right away. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of ran the numbers already. I've, I've actually seen a couple of spots that I, I would want to move on, but I didn't do that at the time. Uh, I definitely would want to wait until, you know, not to the market goes down, but at least the, the renting market. So the summertime is the worst time to really buy. Uh, sorry, rent. Actually, I'm, I'm going to rent a space, not buy. So. I, oh, OK. OK. Uh, so I'm going to rent, rent another apartment um, and kind of do, do it that way. Uh, where I'm doing Airbnb out of those apartments and just start to grow uh, organically. Um, and I've already got some people on board uh, in terms of a team, uh, uh, in terms of cleaning staff, who's going to stage it, and so on and so forth. Uh, really, I just need to pull the trigger, to be honest. Hmm. Um, hey, you want me to hook me up with your staging team? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that is cool, man. Um but you will. I think you'll have an edge because, from what all you know about making it feel good and making it smell good and aesthetically pleasing, I think. I mean, that's because you see the ones. I mean, when if because I stay at a lot of Airbnbs 
And so I, you search them, and, and, oh, man, the ones that really pop are the ones that are really nicely done, decorated well. And, of course, they're always booked up, and they charge more. I mean, it's just like uh, you just got to – it's all about aesthetics, man. I mean, from just looking at it on the computer. But I'm sure when you get there, too, it's uh, and you look at the reviews, people are like, wow, this place is really nice, you know, sparkling clean, all this stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think you'll have a big advantage. So stay out of the Dallas market, man. <laughs> <laughs> You messed up our game over here. Which, which markets are you looking at? Uh, so I'm looking at uh, kind of the, I guess, Irving, Arlington area. I'm also looking in the Garland area as well. Uh, and I knew, I do know about some of the bans and restrictions and things of that nature in Arlington. Uh, but uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and take the risk and, and see how see how that plays out, to be honest. Uh, I like that, man. Take the risk. <laughs> He has some strong lower intestinal fortitude. He said he had to come out. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a, it's a calculated risk because he'd be renting a, renting an apartment and then turning into Airbnb. If it don't work out, hey, you're on the hook for a, a year's worth of lease, right? Instead of a buying a house for two hundred thousand dollars and putting making it an Airbnb and they shut you down, then oh snap! Yeah. I might do that, man. Get, a, get an arbitrage out in Arlington for this, you know, football season's about to come up. You know, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to have to holler at you, Micah. I told you my <laughs> situation coming up, so I'm going to have to holler at you on the next, um, on our, oh, on our, um, what's it called episode? Our Patreon episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, We'll yeah, talk yeah. all about it. We got a new Patreon set up, and we're going to talk about, um, you know, Airbnb underground stuff that y'all all love to hear about so much. So um, yeah, you, check it out. Yeah, it'll be some <laughs> good episodes. <laughs> we'll leave a link on this show. Oh man, um, so so like, so you do okay. You're all about the hustle, Michael, right? Michael or Mike? Does it matter e- either way? Uh, Mike, yeah, Mike. Mike. Okay, on the screen. All right. Uh, so I did some, say Mike on the screen. Yeah. So some of these, some of these. <laughs> so some of these um listeners they might have a little bit of debt they might have been where you are with student loans and stuff how would you um they're like man this is getting overwhelming what would you what would you, what advice would you give them first you know how how do they just start getting things better what what could they do uh oh man you said one of the key words to be honest just start <laughs> um it it really um it really does take uh, courage, I think, because uh, a lot of people, um, you know, think that, you know, there aren't ways to to Im- improve their situation, right? Um, you know, especially once I started doing task grabbing and some of this other stuff, I was like, man, you know, for anybody that wants to, you know, have a better situation or, or, or find, you know, additional revenue, even if it's outside of task grabbing or, or Airbnb or Uber or whatever, there are ways, right? So you have to be able to find out what works best for you, what you're good at, um, and then be able to help and monetize that and grow it and scale it, right? Um, and so I know a lot of people have started to kind of condone, uh, you know, hustle in general and things of that nature. And I think, you know, it's, it is about hustle because you have to have, you know, that grind mentality, get it done, so on and so forth, being able to, to do things that other other people may not be willing to do uh, so that you can have a, a better life later for your family and so on and so forth and reaching those targets or goals. Um, but I think it really does 
come down to having kind of a plan or a roadmap, right? Um, because people can, you know, be doing it just for the money, right? And not necessarily have a target. And that's the easiest way to give up or end up giving up. Um, and when things get tough or, you know, something, you know, sets you back or whatnot. And so really having, always having something to really pull you forward. Um, I think, you know, just in my life in general, uh, whether that's on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, I always have, always have some type of, you know, you know, event, some type of targets or goals that I'm trying to hit, you know, every week that's pulling me forward uh, and have something to look forward to. Um, but, you know, especially for those that are coming out of college, you know, I would say this is probably the best opportunity that you have uh, to really be aggressive um, and, um, you know, take risks, to be honest. Um, you know, within those first five to 10 years after you graduate, so on and so forth, or even the people that, you know, may not uh, take the traditional route where they go to school and they just come straight out of high school uh, and start start working. Um, you know, a lot of people come from different backgrounds, different situations. So, you know, I understand if you have a family and things of that nature, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've heard one of my mentors say before is, you know, if there's somebody that has been in your situation that has done it, then you have no excuse uh, that it is possible, right? Um, so understanding that fact and and I think that's also back to the courage part is understanding that having the belief that you can do it and it can happen, right? I think so many people, you know, psych themselves out of what's possible. Um, and you should just get out there and start trying it. So Nice, man. Some good advice right there. Great advice right there. So I hope that that really helps out some of our listeners out there, us included. You know, <laughs> really motivational, man. Uh, so you have your own podcast channel. Or, um, yeah, your own podcast, correct? I do, I do, yeah. And, what, and what's it called? Uh, 3P Theory. So the 3P uh, stands for uh, People, Planet, and Profit. Uh, so it's, all mo- it's, it's very similar to, you know, if you've heard of the triple bottom line kind of thing when it comes to sustainability. Uh, it's kind of centered around that ideology. Um, it really, it's an opportunity for, you know, people in my industry, people in, that may not be in my industry to learn about sustainability and different strategies uh, that they can use. And it, at least right now, it's kind of more focused on uh, commercial buildings and things of that nature. Uh, so for architects, engineers, construction, so on and so forth, contractors. Uh, but even I'll throw in some more practical stuff that people can do in their everyday lives. Uh, we've got somebody coming that's going to be talking about recycling and so on and so forth. Um, so actually, do you guys do recycling for your Airbnbs? Is that a thing? I don't know for my Airbnbs. I don't know what they be doing. I'll be over there. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. That's a good question, man. Because I've had, you know, I've had like a couple, maybe two guests ever that have asked. Um, oh, by the way, which one? Which one do we put the recycling in? Blah blah blah. I've never yeah. requested them to do it. But then I said, oh, you know, in the green in the green bin, you can throw the you know bottles and stuff in there. You know, you can recycle in there. But I've, I've only like one or two ever, and like a hundred guests have ever asked that. You know what I've noticed since I've lived in Texas? I've been living in Texas about six years. Nobody down here recycles. It's you know, I'm from the, I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest, and they give you a whole recycling kit, like the, <laughs> the paper. Bottles, like I'm serious. Like every Thursday, you sell your recycle, and then I think it's every Monday or something you got the trash. But yeah, that's all I was wondering. I think people people recycle 
where the city or the state enforces it, then they'll just naturally do it. Yeah. Are you big on uh, recycling, Mike? Uh, I do. And to, and to be honest, um, you know, when I first started in the whole sustainability, energy efficiency world, uh, I wasn't, you know, walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, it, but, you know, more recently, I started to recycle. So I, I do everything from paper, plastic, cans, so on and so forth. Uh, but for me, I also don't have a lot of waste either. So it, it's kind of the best of both worlds. But uh, I kind of recycle on my own. They they don't pick up recycling. They don't have a special bin here at the apartment complex. I, I kind of do it on my own. Mm. Once it fills up, there's a, there's a school down the street. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, they have a recycling bin. And I just toss it in there. So, yeah. um, Whenever people come to my house, I ask, why do you have two trash cans? <laughs> like one's for recycle, man. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, that's really cool. Uh, you know, we we appreciate you hopping on our show, man. You've, this is this is really this has been an enlightening show. You 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 know. Oh. Go ahead. I I have one more question for you because you said you do Task Rabbit. What all do you do now? Have you ever done Uber Toro? Like, where are you now with your share economy, and where do you plan on going? Well, I have not done Turo as a uh, as a host at least I've used it personally hmm. I, I love it I love the platform by the way really how was how was your experience oh man uh, so actually two weekends ago um, me and my girlfriend just kind of had like a staycation thing and uh, I rented a Corvette we just oh, kind of drove around had fun that weekend did a lot of stuff um, it, it was nice man uh, how much did that vet hit you for if you don't uh, mind me asking uh, I was like maybe one fifty a day, one fifty, one sixty a day. It's not bad. That's against everything, Dave Ramsey. But I probably would have <laughs> dropped it too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was a little uh, a little splurge. Um, just to, <laughs> you know, celebrate a couple of things we have been working on and uh, just kind of have a, a fun weekend. I think um, Dave wouldn't uh, have been bad on that one. I mean, because it's better than him buying or leasing a car just to have a flashy car. He just rented it for a few, you know, for a week. And, and there you go. Your credit card. <laughs> You're right. But he pays it off oh. every month. right? don't matter today. No, but the reason why I was saying like with the, um, the Toro thing, cause I actually have a subject. I was going to talk about it on Patreon, but I talk about it here. I was going to say like, cause I just bought a car. I don't think, I don't think tour. I think Turo, the only way to really make it grow, you have to rent out things like Porsches, Corvettes, Lamborghinis, slingshots. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I don't see how some people are making it. They've got some nice cars too for forty dollars a day and so on and so forth. I'm like, man. I mean, maybe if you just have an extra car lying around, but when you think about insurance and everything else, I mean, it's just it's, it's pennies in my, in my opinion. And, and the guy that I actually rented the Corvette from. He had three of them, so he rents out three of those as a part of his 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 um, his hustle or whatever that he's doing on Turo. What so, year were they? I think it was, the one I did was twenty eighteen. I think he also had a twenty seventeen. Damn. So how much they go? Like how much they go go for though? Like a twenty eighteen vet go for what sixty? Yeah, yeah, about sixty seventy. Yeah. So we probably his car know what four or five? Huh? His car know probably about four or five hundred, right? Oh, or, nice. Eight hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but if you rent it for one fifty a day, ten day, well, they take twenty percent though. Turo does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You might just be making penny. Yeah, you gotta 
I, th- I think that, but I think that's the route to go. You got to have like a luxury car, you know, because the reason I said I was really gonna say Toro can't compete because like right now we got a rental car out there. We got a 2019 Focus outside uh, because my truck's in the shop, but we got the Focus for free because we just used our reward points and just got a free Focus, you know, for five days, four or five days. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, oh. for instance, I even used Toro to uh, rent a truck, um, you know, for one of our non one of the nonprofits profits I work with um to do to haul some equipment and uh we actually used a Turo truck rather than using a, a u-haul truck or using a um uh sorry a u-haul pickup truck or a, a lowe's or home depot truck because it when the math worked out it was actually cheaper doing it that way oh wow nice. now that might be that might be the lick right there yeah okay because yeah i'm really i'm re- we had a Turo guy on i'm just real interested in it you know i want to see somebody's pnl and, and one more piece on on the luxury vehicles and I actually had to do a little bit of research and go through a couple of options. But I think where they make their money for the people that are maybe like maybe doing traveling and things of that nature is they get you on the miles. So some of those have a mileage cap of 100 miles. I've even seen some of them have a mileage cap of 50 miles that come okay. with rental. Yes. Now, so, and it makes sense on the luxury vehicles, right? Because they don't want you putting all the wear and tear on their cars and so on and so forth. And so... Uh, and the and the rates actually changed too on how much they charge per mile. So I saw one that was fifty to sixty cents per mile driven over the fifty or the hundred, and I saw another one that was like ninety cents per mile, almost a dollar per mile over the mileage limit. Damn, Damn I guess you can, yeah okay. I I knew there had to be a way to like make some money up in there. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, it's dropping a dollar a mile, man. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see some homies pushing pushing their buddies' ride down to the club, right? So they won't be wasting no miles. That's a Turo shit. Um, one more question. Is global warming real? Oh, man. I knew that one was coming. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to get off before he had to answer that. Um, so I-, I say yes. And a lot of the research uh, suggests that it is as well. Um, now, in terms of the the scale or how it impact, you know, future economies and so on and so forth, and the temperature, sea level rise, uh, is all still deba- debatable in my opinion. Um, because I think at the at the speed that we're get, doing the research, collecting that data, uh, it's a moving target, right? It's always changing, um, and so. You know, one of one of the things, and I was actually talking about this yesterday, um, because somebody made a comment that, you know, as as we know, according to some of the research, you know, with sea level rise, most of our coastal cities will be underwater, you know, in the next, you know, fifty to seventy-five years, right? Wow. To, to some degree, uh, especially in the low lying low lying areas like New Orleans, so on and so forth. Uh, but they said, you know, if global warming existed, or sorry, if global warming existed. You know, why would these banks be investing these millions and billions of dollars in all this real estate, you know, like in Miami and all these other coastal cities? And when you think of, I thought about it at first. I was like, man, you know what? That's true. But then I thought again, I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, they're really only concerned about the short term gains. Right. So even if they knew that it was going to happen, you know, hundreds of years down the line, they're only incentivized to really care about, you know, the, the short, the shorter term, as it relates to the, the larger impact, um, 
And that's where I feel like a lot of the work that I do on my corporate job comes into play uh, in helping reducing some of the carbon emissions that impact that. Um, you know, buildings account for over 40 percent of the global carbon emissions. Um, and so whether that whether that relates to the emissions that are used to actually build and construct those facilities, the materials, so on and so forth, or the actual energy consumption, um, you know, kind of what I do is find ways to really minimize that. Or in some cases, when we talk about net zero buildings uh, that use as much energy uh, as they're producing on site through solar, wind, so on and so forth, uh, really has a huge impact. Uh, but to come back and circle around your question, yes, I, I do. I do believe that that is that's true. Okay, man. Putting yourself out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks again, Mike, for hopping on our show. We really appreciate it. Where can folks find you? Definitely. Uh, people can find me. Um, so my website for the podcast is 3p3.com. Is that the spelled um, out or with the number three? Oh, so that's the number three, the letter P, and theory.com. 3p3.com. Cool. All right, man. We, well, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for all the knowledge you're dropping, and we hope to see you again soon at the next meetup. Definitely look forward to it. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, man, definitely. I got to get with you about the uh, Instagram stuff. We'll talk. <laughs> all for right. sure, for sure. Well, this was episode 94 of the Live, Let, Thrive, and um, pretty good pretty good at Micah. Yeah, he had a pretty good app. We had our boy Michael Brown on straight out the DFW, Texas area. Um, but yeah, it's been a good episode. And you can catch us on IG at Live Let Thrive. You can email us, live let thrive at gmail.com. You can call us 469 530 0239. I've been updating all our Patreon, all our YouTube stuff. But I mean, speaking of the stuff. Patreon, yeah, we have the, uh, the Patreon up and running, or it's getting up and running. And so, you know, throw a little bread at us and you get access to all these cool apps that me and Micah do and we just BS the whole time and, and, and really dig in and a lot of cuss words fly around. So if you like that kind of stuff, uh, go check it out. The Patreon, we'll put a link for it. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't just BS around. We give out million dollar ideas. Oh, the, yeah, that too. That's <laughs> <laughs> part. But yeah, this is LLT and we are out. Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.